and thank you for listening to Let the Right Films In. This is a bonus episode tackling something that's not on the IMDb 250. This week we're tackling the new Netflix series Stranger Things, which the entire internet seems to have fallen in love with. And joining me today is Leela Chavis, first-time guest, long-time friend. How's it going, Leela? Pretty good. I'm excited. I'm really excited to talk Stranger Things today. Yes. I uh, Man, I, can't, I did not even intend to binge the whole thing at once because life is busy right now but it's only yep eight episodes and the show is just very uh it I kind of fell for it which is why we're here today yeah it's like how can you not binge it you know i mean within that first 15 minutes i was like all right well there goes all of my plans for uh for today gotta finish this <laughs> i remember I, I i mentioned i was watching something on friday or on saturday and my friend ian was like what are you doing why are you watching anything else? And the next day I started Stranger Things. So I was like, he, he was right. I was wrong. I messed up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I forgot who had recommended it to me. Someone. And I kind of brushed them off. And then someone else recommended it. I was like, all right, we'll see. And then I was like, what am I doing with my life? Why didn't I start yesterday? Like, what's wrong with me? I just love how these Netflix series can come out of nowhere. Like, the Marvel ones, there's more build-up for, but, like, the Orange is the New Black originally just kind of exploded out of nowhere, and this one, there was a trailer that everyone got really excited about, and then this weekend, it just really blew up. Like, every yeah. every so film and movie podcast is rushing to cover it, and... It's, yeah, it's, I love Netflix's approach on it because there's no hype to it. It's just kind of like, boom, here it is, enjoy. And you you can trust that. It's like, oh, well, it's a Netflix original. I'm sure I'm going to love this. And it kind of it, it kind of gets rid of that straightforward approach where they just put it out kind of allows for more, I guess, honest hype in a way. Like there's because of there's less marketing, it's almost like the cream rises to the top for the most part. You do the yeah. series like uh like wow, who was it was it Will Arnett's flakes kind of just like float on by whereas people will make a point to talk about the really good ones and I don't know how many people actually watch them we don't get the rake the ratings obviously so all we have to go off is the hype yeah right it's just like how many how many social media shares or you know how many of your friends are going crazy about it and for me you know I after the first episode, I made it a point to just call people, to text people, to really bother them, to be like, look, I know it might seem really annoying right now, but I know you and I know you're going to love the show. Like, just do me a favor and just start watching it. You have to. And it's only eight episodes. And the episodes are like less, like 50 to 60 minutes. I appreciate brevity. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think they did a great job because it didn't really feel like a traditional show, like things like House of Cards might even feel like. It almost felt like just one big movie that I could just consume so much easier rather than like an entire series. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but. No, I, I get that feeling, too. I mean, I felt like that, that's, that's a weird like balance sometimes, like whether something feels like film or television. But I also feel like the episode's. Oh, the episodes felt like they stood on their own, even as they are all part of this one giant story. And I, I, we'll get to it like much later, but that's why I'm interested to see what happens for season two, because this all just felt very of a piece. And it yeah. just felt right to watch it all at once. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it didn't feel like I was, you know, I had any homework to do with the show, whereas some series, I, you know, I almost feel like I have to plot things out and really connect the dots and you know, even rewatch previous seasons, whereas this, it just felt so natural. The flow made sense. You know, the surprises were still great. Everything about it, it was just the timing. It was just so perfect. 
Oh, so, and, I mean, part of what, we'll get into why we fell in love with the show, and part of that, part of why I fell in love with it is just, God, there's some incredible framing and imagery. They just really nail some of that. I wasn't a huge fan of the monster, but a lot of the other stuff, they're, they do a great job of ratcheting up the suspense and the cr- tension and the creepiness with oh, yeah. just the way that they will linger on things or the way that they'll just place things within the shot. Yeah, no, it's there's there's a lot of suspense in those moments. And they're beautiful, too, though. That's what I like is, like, how they frame it. it it's almost serene and creepy at the same time. You're just like, oh, this is gorgeous, but you know something's about to happen or you know the scene implies something bigger. And... And I kind of forgot about the big bad monster some of the time. Yeah. Which I yeah. think that's honestly the, I don't know. How do you feel about the monster? You know, I was torn because at first, you know, and I mean, obviously we both have seen this entire show, so I'm not, you know, trying to be all spoilers, but at first I was expecting something um, very alien-like, which I guess is kind of, you know, vague, but I was expecting, you know, little green men, kind of traditional Hollywood aliens and then it kind of shifted into this silent hill type creatures which i love and that's great but yeah i don't i don't know i'm i I don't want to say i was let down by it but i i guess i was expecting something even even scarier than when you finally see what the monster is it ended up being a little bit more like ridley scott alien yeah actually that's really true yeah now that you say that definitely more of yeah alien prometheus style well like it 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 had a I mean, it had an interesting head, I guess, because it was like Venus flytrap kind of thing yeah. going on up there. But other than that, like that was honestly like the the least interesting part of it was the monster. Like the paranormal dimension was cool, and like the way it showed people being stalked, 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 <laughs> and all that. Like I don't know, it was effective when the monster was on the prowl. But whenever you, I saw the actual monster, it didn't look bad. It just it, yeah, something about it. Like I was almost, I was more scared in the moments that I didn't see the monster, knew you know it was nearby, compared to when I was confronted with the monster. I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, someone's probably gonna be able to kill that, <laughs> rather than when you don't see it, and it, you know, it instills more of this fear of like, where is it? I can't see it. I know it's near. I hear it. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Interesting how they how they did that. But I think part of the reason I like accepted all that, besides what we're talking about, was the it has a real focus on all these human characters and kind of gives them more attention than maybe if it were a movie it would be able to. And I I really liked a lot of the characters, most of the characters, and I liked where it took some of them. I think it yeah. did it as... So, like, as easy as some of the stuff in the show is, like, there isn't a lot of... Like, you know, the... The, the siblings get along, the bullies get their comeuppance, and, you know, yeah. like, all those, like, all things that... Expected. Yeah, like, the, those things that are, like, that seem kind of easy and appealing. I think where they took some of the characters wasn't as obvious as some of those other things, and I really appreciated that. Um, like, especially where a lot of the characters end up in the final moments of the show. Um, yeah. I just, like, you really like the group of dorky kids surprisingly you really like a bunch of the teenagers even the uh jerk boyfriend eventually yeah, the, the john raffio lookalike that's, yes that's like a picture i was just like what <laughs> like john raffio left parks and rec and got stuck in some other universe <laughs> so i was looking at him for the first few episodes I'm like he looks so familiar he <laughs> yeah. is 
He, he is Jock Ben Schwartz. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I just, I'm also very jealous of his hair. It's just really oh, impressive. How yeah. do you do that? Right, just that little flip at the end, too. I mean, it, for me, like, the details of the set design and the costume design, like, that blew me away. Because I, you know, the only other time I see something that close is from a movie actually made in that time frame, you know? And so seeing it redone, I was just like, wow, like, they, they did their homework. That was amazing. So did you ever see Super 8? I did not, actually, okay. no. So Super 8 was... Um, was the 2011 J.J. Abrams movie that yeah. was basically a Spielberg homage that people thought went too far, like wasn't very good and couldn't stand by itself. Yep. This makes me think of like that, but like what that wanted to be because this is <laughs> super indebted to like John Carpenter and Stephen King and you know etc. Oh, yeah. But it really functions on its own too. It's like nostalgic without being slavish to it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, I, I've seen some films before where they'll try, you know, pay tribute to their favorite writers and directors. And sometimes it crosses this line of like, oh, are you sure you're just not borrowing too heavily from them? Whereas this one, it was just such a sweet blend of, you know, original inspiration and just, you know, few little like references and nods here and there. And it just it felt tied together really well how they how they pulled it off. Yeah. And because it, it's so it made me think of how at, this thing I have, this mantra I've heard over and over again over the years, which is basically, uh, you kind of steal everyone else, like your favorite people's style until you figure out your own style. And this felt like, uh, a, an acceptable middle ground because they clearly are influenced by all these things, but they just also made a really good show with a really nice story that is, that has pieces of all these things, but stands on its own. It, Yep, exactly. It can, it can exist without all those influences, even though those influences are a big part of it. Yeah, and I mean, for me, the influences, you know, it was just, it kind of brought out, like, the inner geek and the fangirl, because it was like, without even realizing it, you know, the, the influences would start popping up. Even just, like, the title, the, you know, the red glow of it. I was like, oh, man, that's so Stephen King. Like, I love this. Like, this is just bringing me back to being a kid again, and so... You know, I never really got that feeling of like, oh, they ripped it off. It was just more, more like they're honoring, you know, their their influences, and I loved it. And I got I gotta say, there were a couple points where it got to be a little too much, where I, I just wanted to be like, what are you? What? Come on, I get it, I get it. There, <laughs> yeah. Where they actually say, I can't remember the line, but it's basically you mean like from a Stephen King story? Like they specifically say <laughs> yeah. his name. I was like, oh, okay, right. I get it. Yep. And then the teacher is watching the thing at some point. Yeah, yeah, when he's at his house. Yeah, there's there's some good references, yeah, to, like, even the poster in a in the teenager's bedroom. Like, there's so many obvious ones. We're like, all right, that's cool, I get it. <laughs> yeah, oh, God, I just, lo like, I love those same guys they love. Like, I love John Carpenter and his scores mm -hmm. so much. I Stephen King is probably my most read author, and while I haven't seen as much Spielberg as someone born when I was, should, yeah. Man, I, I watched the hell out of Jurassic Park as a kid and some of oh, those yeah. others. And I, and I feel like, too, that there was a lot of um, – and I don't know if it was intentional or not. And I've actually been trying to look this up, but I feel like there was a lot of references to even newer horror films. So one big one for me was um, when Elle is in the uh, the tank, the water tank, and it, it looked exactly like Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson. Yes. I was going to say. Um... I loved that. I was just like, oh, my – like it. You you know I mean I feel like you could do like a scene by scene comparison between the two. 
those are some of my preferred references because I th- I think it's really cool the comparisons you can draw, usually involving L between this and like Under the Skin and Ex Machina. And yeah. even, I mean, she specifically talks about being influenced by Charlize Theron and Mad Max. And yeah, that's right. Because like I think I remember reading that one of the uh, the directors, the writers, had convinced that actress that like, you know, that to shave her head, it's really scary for a girl, you know, that young. Get it? And he had to convince her of just saying like, look, it's totally worth it. You're gonna, um, you'll look like Charlize Theron from Mad Max. Like, who wouldn't want to be that badass? And so it's just neat to see how you know. Yeah, how all these other modern movies have played into this as well. And, man, I really want to... I've mentioned how I like the kids, and I really want to hammer home. Whoever did the casting for this show kind of knocked it out of the park because I don't know that there's one performance that I find at all glaring. Like, they're all at least solid. You know, I feel like you can relate to those kids a lot, too. Even as an adult, you know, I can see myself in Dustin most of the time or even Lucas. And it's just nice how it there's an even balance between them and, you know, and their expressions and what they're going through in the situation. And, I mean, those those actors, honestly, better than some adult actors I've seen in years. <laughs> yeah, it, I love whenever kids are gotten right because they're they, it seems like these things get them wrong so often. The yeah. biggest one I go back to is... And this is touchy involving children for other reasons. I watched Woody Allen's Blue Jasmine on like okay. DVD several years ago. Uh-huh. And just the way the kids act as just like these expositional fonts. I'm like, Woody Allen doesn't know how kids work. And then I thought, oh, that's, oh, God. There's, <laughs> yeah, way, yeah. More, there's way more to that. But specifically in that movie, I was like, this, <laughs> this is a movie that does not understand how children work. There's like this trope in TV in, in TV series about the obnoxious teenage kid who's awful. And they don't, nobody knows why every show has to have this teenage kid who doesn't work at all. But this yeah. kid has a bunch of teenagers and a bunch of, how old are they, like 11? Yeah, it's, yeah, like 10, 11-year-olds. I mean, yeah. They, they crush it. They're all great. <laughs> I know. It was just insane, like, right off the bat, first episode. You know, I was I was expecting the show to have more of an emphasis in the, in the start with Winona Ryder, right, because it's, it's Winona Ryder. It, but really, it leads into that group of kids, and I was just blown away. I wasn't expecting the focus to be there, but also just their acting and just how they portrayed it. It was, it was very unexpected. Yeah, and that... Mentioning Winona Ryder, like she's she's really great in this show, and I'm glad she gets yeah. to do more as the distraught mom than yeah. just be the distraught mom. <laughs> but the that reminds the one thing, or not the one thing, but one of the things that I don't know, like I don't love when TV series or movies have these disparate threads that run completely parallel to each other and then come together. Because yeah. at, at certain points, it feels like you're watching a different show, especially early on. It's like, how is... So the one girl looks kind of like Winona Ryder, but she's the other mom's daughter. She's not actually related to Winona Ryder at all. Yeah. Yeah, and then it just starts to, yeah, just go too far apart. I don't know. I, I, like, it's not that bad, because they're all dealing with the same creature, and they're all, all dealing with someone being taken, so it, it, it's tied together that way. And, I mean, I think it especially in the middle episodes, it starts to pay off more. Yeah, there's there's definitely moments, even towards some, like, before the end, before, like, where they all meet up at the gym, I was thinking, I was like, like how have they not had, like, a group discussion over the fact that they're all seeing weird shit? Like, like 
no one thought to be like, oh, yeah, I accidentally, you know, fell into a tree in another universe. What about you? Like, it to me, that was the one thing where I was just like, no, nothing. Like, like you're all just, you're just going to be quiet about this? Okay. I, like, I know kids are loath to tell adults things, especially when they're unbelievable, but, like, they know the mom is going through that. And so yeah. when... Exactly. <laughs> when uh the Byers, the older Byers boy, uh what Jonathan Byers, when yeah. when Jonathan Byers, like we actually starts relating the things happening to his mom and to uh Nancy. I was like, finally, okay, like <laughs> if, if no, someone it, just said something, we'd all be on the same page here. Exactly, right? Like and I thought it was actually kind of funny how in the last episode when Jonathan and Nancy, you know, they're like, We're gonna finish this monster, we're gonna finish what we started, and they go off to the house, you know, they set up their trap, their little fire trap. And then in the meantime it's the sheriff and Joyce uh at the government compound. I was just like they never told each other what they're gonna do, right? Like well, actually they knew that they were going to the government compound, but if Jonathan and Nancy hadn't snuck off, I, th you know, I'm assuming obviously that the sheriff and Joyce would have run into the monster while, uh, while getting Will back. And it's just funny, like, it seems planned out, but it wasn't at all because no one like discussed what was happening or what they were going to do. And it just happened to work out really well. So that was one thing that was like, hmm, okay, glad it worked out, but no one thought to mention it to Joyce or the sheriff. <laughs> This is getting a little more spoilery, but like we're, I think we're kind of drawing to the end here. In Nancy and Jonathan and Steve, surprise, <laughs> Steve shows up in their kind of <laughs> final battle with the monster, where they go all home alone and yeah. set this trap, or like kind of like an it follows trap. Reminds me of that. Oh, totally. It doesn't end up mattering at all. Yeah. Like they, like they, they hurt the monster, but it, it just leaves to go get the blood at the research facility, and it's like, oh, they almost died and. Yeah, right. I was I was so confused because it it looked hurt. And then when you look at the scene from the sheriff and Joyce when they're in the alternate universe and they see the blood on the floor, and you're like, okay, this thing must be like on its last leg. Obviously, it's hurt. Seems intense. And then it just breaks through a wall at like a elementary school. And I'm like, how is this happening? Yeah. <laughs> like, and it takes all those bullets, knocks all of them out, and the only thing uh, that can stop it is L. Right. None of that stuff mattered at all. I know. Like, if they should have just taken L to the government compound. Well, I guess she probably wouldn't have gone. But, yeah, it was just kind of a funny, like, I mean, it, the scene was neat. I loved it. You know, the suspense of you didn't know if Steve's character, if he was going to get hurt or, you know, if he was going to help out. Like, it was it was very ambiguous at that time when he showed up to the house. So so I get it. But, yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. Like, it eh, wasn't really hurt. It just, you know, jumped into another place. <laughs> I love what they do with Steve, just because he seems like he's just the the jerk boyfriend who ends up getting left and, you know, is the bad guy in the end yeah. and maybe gets killed off or whatever. But I kind of love the fact that he realizes that he's been a jerk mm -hmm. and kind of atones for it. And he actually wants to make things right. And I kind of like that he and Nancy stay together in the end, just because that's like one area where it kind of resisted the urge to take the... Mo the the most heartwarming audience pleasing way out I... yeah very true yeah it was it was interesting though you know at the end just seeing like she had that moment though where she gives off that she gives the gift to uh to jonathan the older brother and it's still that like i don't know like i guess maybe she has feelings for him maybe not like it was such a weird moment you know, if they just embraced polyamory more in the 80s, this wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> yeah, they would. Yeah, those three would make a great, great relationship. <laughs> but 
But I think, so, even with those things, like, I think this, and, oh, one last flaw. They just kind of yada yada the sheriff and Joyce getting back. I don't remember if they yeah. specifically said how they get back, but they're just suddenly back with with Will, and it's like, oh, I guess that was, they just, did they just turn around, retrace their steps, and get right? back like, to the is world? Is it that easy to go through a parallel universe? Because, like, every other person that was stuck in there had a hard time, or even, you know, when Nancy got stuck through the tree, she had a hard time finding her way out, but... It yeah, almost I, closed up on her after just a couple minutes. Yeah, exactly. And I, I wonder, too, though, because how is it – well, granted, I know Joyce and the Sheriff were wearing those uh, quarantine outfits, but it makes me wonder, like, so they just didn't get sick at all? Or, you know, there's nothing attached to them? Like, it was just an easy, breezy walk? Like, it, that was kind of weird how, like, and we're back. <laughs> no <laughs> big they just went out on a little, you know, alternate universe walk, you know, just a little stroll through some yeah. – creepy crawly stuff and it was fine they just had to do some cpr and it's all good yeah i know that that's a good point too though. i was wondering that and i mean who knows maybe they'll focus it you know focus back on that portal in the second season not sure and but, the yeah. one cliffhanger it leads us is with will vomiting that slug so there obviously are some after effects there must be yeah yeah, to me, that was definitely very, uh, very uh, Ridley Scott Prometheus, where I was like, okay. Like, and not in a bad way, but I was like, okay, this should be interesting. Like, how is this going to alter Will? Are there more of those things in Will? Do these things spread? And, you know, all of a sudden, can this turn into more of a, an infectious movie, like 28 Days and 28 Weeks Later, where now people are getting these things? Like, I, I just feel like it has so much more room to grow into something even weirder, more bizarre in the next season. And, you know, despite all the issues I have with it, I kind of love the show more for them. Like, I I, kind of don't mind some of those holes, and I love the show despite and sometimes because of them. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. It's I think it's the fact that it's, you know, replicating that 1980s feel, which, you know, when you look back at some of those movies from that era, there are so many holes in them, right? Even, like poltergeist and you're like why is there glitter being blown everywhere this is supposed to be a scary movie like i don't get this but that's what you love about it you know watching them is you're like this makes no sense but i still love it and i think stranger things was able to do that in some of the moments like all right makes no sense but i see what they're going for and i'm gonna love it anyways (laughs) netflix also allows it to be in that perfect middle ground of some like i watched jurassic park over and over as a kid and like it's kind of it's not a movie for kids, but kids can watch it and love it. It's yeah. it, it Spielberg especially has that weird thing where like it's for adults and for kids at the same time. And this show was maybe a little too creepy or gory in some spots to truly be for kids, but it does kind of because it's so indebted to Spielberg and it has that all this like really heartwarming, audience pleasing stuff going on. It kind of feels like something that anybody maybe like eight plus can watch (laughs) with proper supervision but i mean it's it's a great question because you know that's something i was talking to my nieces and nephews last night about it because their dad uh wanted to show it and they're like oh i heard it's so scary and this and that and i'm like wait you guys watch mr robot though and they're like yeah i'm like no 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 you'll be fine (laughs) like mr robot is very much more of a realistic thing that can happen you'll be fine with this. Like, put on Stranger Things. It's not as scary as you kids think. And granted, they're like, you know, 14, 15s. They're fine. But it it did make me wonder, like, what's the line at which, yeah, a younger audience can watch the show? 
I mean, a lot. I mean, I talk about this on the most recent episode of the podcast, where like parents now seem more concerned with like sex and nudity than with violence and scary stuff. So maybe the question's kind of a moot one. But yeah, I do wonder if being on Netflix allows them to keep some of the things that a studio might want to cut so that they can get a PG-13 rating and appeal to more kids. Like, you know, maybe, maybe not show Nancy's hand cut open. Or, not Nancy. Yeah, I mean, um, Barbara. Barbara. Bar- Barbara really gets the short end of the stick in this series. Oh, I know. I honestly thought there would be a follow-up with Barbara, and it was like, no, her body's just in the other world. She's done. <laughs> like, keep walking. That was one of the most terrifying moments of the series though when she's in the uh, the pool in the oh, ultimate universe but and i think that was definitely for me the eye-opening experience that it really you know like we knew it was some other world but the fact that it overlaid on their current world because you see her in that empty pool that's when it's like okay they're they're definitely trapped in some weird universe um and for me that's where it got really silent hill like because of you know like that whole gray mist the ash i was like oh man yeah this is definitely creepy I guess I don't have much more to say than those things. I like it, it is a flawed series, but also it's really good at the things that I think are most important. And it really immediately nabbed that Halloween loving place in my heart. Oh yeah. And I'm pretty sure I'll be rewatching this at least once every year around Halloween. Oh yeah. You have to. I mean, I'm trying not to rewatch it this weekend again. Cause you know, now I'm like, I finished it. What do I do with my life? Like until the second season comes out, you know, and I know that's very cliche, but there's, there's really nothing like this, you know, there's, yeah, you, you have watch to... the influences. I guess I just have to watch four John Carpenter movies and three <laughs> Spielbergs and maybe read a couple Stephen King books and then I'll be back. Yeah, and hopefully by then. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's, it, I think it's interesting too that, you know, the X-Files, they, they did their reboot this year and, and I feel like I'll always love X-Files and there's a lot of hype behind it. But I think people were let down by the goofiness of some of the moments, whereas in this show, there's a lot of, you know, little subtle goofy moments, I should say. But people weren't so um, so quick to judge those just little dorky conversations, you know, whereas other sci-fi shows, people are like, oh, that's cheesy. Whereas for this, it, it worked really well. Just like the dialogue, the banter between the kids. I think the fact that they are kids, there are these... They're these kids who love comic books and Dungeons and Dragons and stuff yeah. kind of allows for that. And I think it earns that because it has those kids. Yeah, that's true. I mean, for me, the biggest draw for this whole thing, you know, aside from the, the amazing soundtrack and the visuals was just this movie makes me want to be a kid again. Like I like my my best friends and I were like, OK, we need to go get some bikes uh, a few, like, puffy red vests, walkie-talkies, and a basket to put, like, all of our essentials in, and then just go right around the neighborhood and find trouble. Like, that's what I really want to do after watching this. It's true. I need to find a place in this area with, like, some more woods for me to just bike through and <laughs> and be like, I wonder if anything mysterious is going to yeah, happen. Like, like, hoping, like, a weird light appears or something oh, that I can totally. run away from. Right, yeah, but then you also have to have that killer soundtrack playing, like, in your headphones at the same time, and maybe get, like, a montage, because it's just such an inspiring piece. Every aspect of it, in some ways, I feel like it's leaking into even my own, like, creative ways. I'm just like, man, Stranger Things, like, didn't think you'd have this big of an effect on my life. The the brothers who made it are identical twins, and I think what it just comes down to is they really know their stuff, <laughs> both yeah. in terms of the quote-unquote source material and just... The camera work, like they—they just—they just really know their stuff, and I look forward to 
the next season of Stranger Things, but also like if they do anything else beyond Stranger Things, yeah. I'm down for. So. Yeah, I know definitely. You know, people to keep your uh, keep an eye on because who knows? You know, if they can do this, I'm sure anything else they'll create will be just as amazing. Oh yeah, or at least it'll it'll at least be worthwhile. And yeah, I mean, sometimes yeah. with this stuff, just being worthwhile is kind of a victory because I've seen some pretty terrible <laughs> genre TV shows and movies. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm curious, you know, if they've – I mean, I've read that, you know, Netflix has already ordered a second season, but I, won, I wonder when they start filming and, you know, when when we can expect something else because I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to embrace anything else they release. I'm going to need at least, like, a Halloween special. Come on. you got oh, that would be you amazing. Got, you got, like, three, four months. Got cracking. We got this. Oh, man. <laughs> don't, get, don't get my hopes up. <laughs> But you know, more more American TV shows should do Christmas specials. I feel. I think. Like, oh, just, right. Just embrace it. It's it's fun. I know. I, I used to love the Doctor Who Christmas specials before I stopped watching Doctor Who. Exactly. I was just gonna say, yeah. Before the for me, I had to stop after the new Doctor. But yeah, the Christmas specials, especially if we could do like a sci-fi horror Christmas special, like amazing. Like, I mean, please, like Halloween year round. Like that's kind of my thing. Is like, why not keep the creepy going three sixty five. I mean, that is the statement of Let the Right Films In. That is, like, our guiding principle is that Halloween should be all year round. You know, like, like Hannibal couldn't have had a great Christmas dinner party episode. That would have been incredible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Hannibal. That's <laughs> unfortunate, yeah. Just come just come back to do your Silence of the Lambs. Someone give them money. Please right? give I mean, them money. Maybe Netflix will give, you know, the series its own spot because that had so much momentum. You know, obviously this this whole genre is really taking off. Um, and I just I hope to see more shows like Stranger Things. I hope this influences more people to just it's like it's okay to be weird and to have these crazy ideas. Like we love it, obviously. Yeah, that's I mean that, that kind of sums up my feelings on. Did you have any other final thoughts on Stranger Things? I mean, I guess the only other thing is really just the soundtrack. It took me a while. But, yeah, it's by these two brothers, I guess, uh, from the group Survive. And that, I mean, holy crap. Like, it doesn't matter. Even if you're not into electronic, instrumental, whatever, like, it complements it so well. That, for me, was the other just, you know, just mind-blowing part of the show is just how well those two were tied in together. And they've really shelled out for some music rights, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they Like, did. some of those songs, it's this and Mr. Robot. I'm like, man, you really... Not afraid to pay for some of the some of those. Uh, sure. Not not. I can't imagine those songs are cheap. Right. Yeah. I have no, I don't want to know how much you had to pay. You know, the Clash and. But I mean, but it worked though. That's the thing too. Is the music placement, even outside of the originally composed, uh, like the score. It was just yeah. Should I stay or should I go? Like perfect scene with Joyce Byers. You know, does she confront what's happening or does she just flee? Because personally, I would have ran. Like done over doesn't matter. There's an alien in my wall. Like, I don't care. So... Like, sorry, son, but uh, you're probably <laughs> dead already. I mean... You shouldn't have come home. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Right? Like, this whole series could have just ended if, I don't know, maybe he didn't bike home alone. Like, and then that was it. You know, there's your lesson, kids. Don't don't go places by yourself. <laughs> Always have a chaperone, you know? Anything could happen. Right? There, there's Those aliens are... everywhere. Yeah, aliens are everywhere, right? Alternate universes, upside-down worlds, they're here. So just just be careful. Well, with that, I mean, 
I guess we'll uh, wrap this up and just, yeah. I, you know, I just think it's really smart that we end with a warning to watch our backs and not okay. slide into any paranormal dimensions where we might have slugs poured down our throats. Exactly. I've seen enough movies to know all of this stuff is real. So <laughs> everyone just be careful. <laughs> and terrifying. Stuff will like burst yeah. out of your chest and it's gross. Yeah. Gosh, right? Yeah. One more worry to think about. <laughs> well, thanks for, uh, thanks for recording this with me, Leela. It was a pleasure to have you on. I look forward to having you on again. Thanks so much, Tyler. This was a ton of fun. Anytime, man. I appreciate it. All right. This has been Let the Right Films In. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with a normally scheduled episode soon.